0: Bibles today to Psalm 63, as we are so thankful for our choir, our music ministry, and the unsung heroes of any music ministry—the people you don't see—all the men up in the media and the sound booth did a marvelous, marvelous job. It is okay to be Christian and patriotic at the same time, Amen. and uh, we serve and praise our Lord first and foremost. But we are thankful for our country, and we are thankful for God's work. In our country. Psalm sixty three, verse number one. Got some folks still finding their place, so we'll give them a moment. We want to have everyone on board and ready to go as we read God's word, so give folks just a moment to get settled. Psalm sixty three, verse number one. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips father we come to you and we are grateful thankful for this country but even greater we are thankful for you father we praise your name today and may your praise as scripture says here continually be on our lips for this message i pray that you would use it It's your message, Father, so I ask that as the Spirit works in people's hearts, that we would be ready and receptive to your will and way today. Touch hearts and lives, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The Washington Monument stands 555 feet tall. My family and I have been, in it. anyone else here, been in the Washington Monument before, been all the way to the top? Did you have the courage to go up there? It's quite a sight when you get there. I do know this, the top is not COVID friendly. It's a tight quarter up there. Windows all around it. Look out and you can see just about everything in the city. Until the Eiffel Tower was built, it was the tallest structure in the world. It still today is the tallest stone structure in the world. If you were to see it or you to see an image up close, you would actually notice that there's two different shades of that white color. One's a little whiter than the other because it was built at two different times. And the rock was quarried from different places, so it came out just a little bit different shade. The reason why it's two different shades of color built at two different times is that one time in America, we built things when we had money for it. And it had to stop for a while because they couldn't afford to finish it. And when they could, a couple decades later, it was finished. But what I want to point out about Washington Monument is this. At the very top, of course, it comes to a peak. It's an obelisk. It has a 100-ounce, that sounds large. It's actually not large at all. But it's 100-ounce, pure through and through, aluminum pyramid on top. Does anybody know what the top of the Washington Monument says? The structure that stands above all others. Anyone know what it says? It's written in Latin, but translated into English at the very top of that monument. So symbolic of American greatness, in English would be these four words, praise be to God. We have what is called the American miracle for a reason. America truly is a miracle. You study the story of the fight for American independence, and you will see time and time again the providential hand of God. Now today, in the year 2022, many negative things can be said. And many negative things are being said. And in some cases, negative things need to be said. But I do know this, negative cells, people flock to negative news. Today, I wish not to be negative. The Lord has led me in this message To take these moments we have in this service, after what we have sung together as a congregation, and after what our choir sang a few moments ago, let's take these moments to simply and sincerely praise God. If you would walk with me through this brief passage we read a moment ago, Verse by verse, you're going to see four different reasons why we ought to praise God. Verse number one, look at just the very first line, at least in my Bible, the very first line, O God, Thou art my God. First of all, praise God for God. He's still on the throne. No matter what your favorite talking head says on the radio. And by the way, you miss a few days, he or she will still be talking about the same thing when you turn it back on. He is still the Almighty. Infinite. Eternal. All-powerful. All-knowing. All-loving. Just. True righteous God of very gods. Look at verse number two. To see thy power and thy glory, so have I seen thee in the sanctuary. Second reason we ought to praise God is praise God for his power and his glory. I have had enough. Some would say, I've had it up to here. I've had it up to here. With praising the glory of men. We worship people in our society. We have a whole magazine called People. I'm a people. I've never been in it. Maybe we ought to just get back to praising the only one who is worthy of praise. And if any man, any woman, any celebrity, any leader, ever seeks or glories in praise, they are wrong. Because only God is worthy of the praise of His power and His glory. It is only God who can give life. It is only God who can rightly take life. It is only God who can give eternal life. It is only God who can sustain us in this life. And it is only God who can deliver us to heaven's shore in what we often call the life to come when we all get to heaven. The Bible says what a day that will be. I like this next one. Look at verse number three. Here's a third reason. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Praise God for his loving kindness. Well, I have a question. May I ask you my question? I don't use the word loving kindness in my everyday conversations. Maybe you do. What does it mean? We praise Him for it. In fact, this is the one that gets two verses. It's the longest section. My lips shall praise Thee for Your loving kindness. Thus will I bless Thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in Thy name. For His loving kindness. What is that? Well, I like to bring things down to just the simplest level been taught this through the years. God called me to feed sheep, not giraffes. I've never wanted anyone to leave a service going, ooh. I want people to leave the service going, ah, oh, what a glorious God. Praise Him for His loving kindness. What does that mean? It means praise Him because He's been so, so, so good to us. God's been good. In a world of negative, God's still good. In a world of hurt, yes, God is still good. In a world of pain, God is still good. In a world of confusion, God is still good because we know, you all know this is coming. We know this. God is good. I can say that at a moment's notice. Sometime I'm going to walk by you in Costco. I've learned Costco is my favorite place. (laughs) I was in Costco earlier this week, stopped to get dinner. And I don't know if they saw me. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to alarm people. I, didn't, I was eating and I saw, uh, so I was actually, I think I saw, did I see the glow Were you at Costco? The other day you were walking out and you were too far away. I thought I saw the glow down up in the sound booth. And I saw them walking out as I was eating. I see church people every time I go to Costco. I think Jesus would have gone to the Costco if it was around back then. Paul would have gone to Costco. They would have been there. All the disciples would have been hanging out at the sample station. I i am going to quiz you one of these days, but at the, the time you least expect it, I'm going to find you at Costco and walk up to you, and I'm just go, God is good. I just want to see how he responds to it. Make sure this isn't just a Sunday morning thing, because it's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's an everyday thing. It's an every hour thing. It's an every moment thing. God is good. In fact, some of, I tell you, I can't say it with. I have to pause every time I say that phrase now. And for some of you, let me let you in on what you need to know. Some of you are going through some very dark, difficult valleys. You need to remind yourself in the valley, God's still good. In southern gospel music, there's a very well-known song. It's one of the best-known songs of probably the last 50 years. The God on the mountain is still the God in the valley. We've had the writer of that song, Tracy Dart, just recently went home to be with the Lord, true servant of God. He even pastored churches in his ministry, saying God greatly used Brother Tracy Dart by his own testimony in this church. If you know that song, he said that while living in Apple Valley, California, he wrote that song, looking at the mountains around him. That the God on the mountain is still the God in the valley. Our lips can still praise God for His goodness even in our darkest day. And for many of us, that's exactly what we may need right now is just to stop thinking about the hurt and start thinking about the one who is greater than your hurt. My lips shall praise Thee. We praise God for God Himself. We praise God for His power and His glory. We praise God for His loving kindness. But look at verse number 5. It just flows right in. Verse 5 works perfectly with everything that we've seen. It seems to be getting more and more particular as it goes. Have you noticed that? For God Himself, His power and glory, His Loving kindness, He's been good to us. Look at verse number 5. It's, it's kind of like a pencil point coming down to it. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips. Marrow and fatness refers to the very blessings of God. I like this song not just because it has a great title. People look at our family every time we sing this in church. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. I like the song because it's something that all of us ought to do on a regular basis. Some of you do you a good bit of service. If you'd go home and take a pen and a piece of paper and on it, you just begin to write down all of your blessings. It is easy to see problems. It is easy to see pain. And sometimes they're so big, they glare at us in the mirror. Every time we look at it, it just screams back to us almost but it does us a world of good if we just begin to write down the blessings of God. You know, one, I woke up today. Some of you need to look down the row and thank God for the family that you have. Some of you need to call your family this afternoon. Some of you need to thank God for a wonderful church family. I'm thankful for you. I tell you, as a church family... We laugh together, and I love to laugh together. I hope, I hope you come back tonight. We just have a good old time. I'm going to watch Brother Ted play with our California fireworks. That's what I've been doing every, fireworks. We're, not, if we're on video now. We're, we abide by the city ordinances and all that. If you want to have real fun with fireworks, go somewhere where they're legal. And, boy, I tell you, you have a lot of fun. But we'll, we, we bought the stuff that we're allowed to have that basically, you know, there's concrete, and you go, boop, and you throw them down, and pew. So tonight I think just for the fun of it, I just might get in a pauper war with Brother Ted. We're gonna I mean it's it's fun to laugh together as a church family. You know something? As a church family, we've cried together. As a church family, we've we've been on mountaintops together. We go through some valleys together. Here's the wonderful part of a church family because the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ We're empowered of the Spirit of God and the church was purchased with the dear blood of our Savior. We do all of this, whether it's joy and smiles or sorrow and tears, we do it together. And I thank God for you. A church is a building In the sense of we are fitly framed together, not just the wooden beams. This building itself is not the church. It's the house where we meet together as a church family. But it's not the church. But in the biblical sense, we are like a building fitly framed together every place. We're like a body where every joint supplieth the need because of the Lord. But we are a family. That's a tremendous blessing. Many of the great blessings in my life are due to the church family that I'm in, I could go on down the line, we could exhaust, we could just stay here from now until five o'clock evening service and we could just lift off the blessings of God. How would you like to do that? Okay, now everyone that just amen. Just have a question for everybody because when, when we had to do some services differently for a while, there, I, there was one criticism I didn't get. No one ever said, preacher, you're preaching too short. These services aren't near long enough. No one ever said that. But anyhow, I'm joking with you. Because I just want us to stop for a moment and reflect on the blessings of God. Praise God for God. Praise God for His power and glory. Praise Him for His loving kindness. He's been good to us. Praise God for His blessings. But now, those are the reasons, but how do we do it? I believe in our lives we ought to have praise unto God In history, time would fail us to go step by step. But I do want to read this to you, and I'd like to have your attention. In fact, Family Life, I alluded to it, you'll remember the person's name because I gave you the way to remember the person's name. But a French writer came to America in 1831 seeking to discover the reason for America's greatness. This Frenchman's name was Alexei de Tocqueville. And he wrote, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields, and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. There. I looked for it in her Democratic Congress and her matchless Constitution, and it was not there. Please make note of what this Frenchman said nearly two centuries ago. He finished by saying, Not until I went into the churches of America. And heard her pulpit's flame with righteousness. Did I understand the secret of her genius and power? And this is what he discovered. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. But did you note where he found that? Today we live in a day where the church is being diminished at a time where even Scripture says you need it more and more. Everything in life seems to fight for the time that the church once had. And I believe there ought to be some Christians who go back to some sports leagues and say, We're sorry if it's at that time we can't play. Uh-oh, pastor's having the moment. Some of you on Sunday night know that I come down. Everyone kind of backs up a little bit when I come down. I'm only say one thing, I'm going back up, but I sometimes want to grab your attention. For several years, playing club soccer, that was the exact first thing we ever said to every coach. And I will tell you, there were some teams and some leagues we did not even bother checking into but everyone that we ever talked to we said we're sorry but church comes first I'm not trying to extol our virtue I'm just trying to say we simply made one decision let me tell you the answer of every coach okay that's fine Some of them, we went so far and say, I get it. That's your... that. here it is. This is what I wanted to say, everybody. That's your priority. And I'll tell you something. I'm just... I think sometimes it's just time to say what needs to be said. If they'd have said, nope, sorry, then our boys wouldn't have played. Because there's a chance they might hit the big league someday. There's a chance. And there's some talented boys... But there's an absolute 100% chance that one day they're standing before God. And I'm standing before God as their daddy. And I'd rather be concerned with what God of very gods, eternal God, eternal king says to me as a daddy with my boys than I am with some league or some coach and what they think about whether or not I go to church or not. Oh, but, 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 you know, church this, church that. No, church something, folks. Stop playing with it. There are some people. said They don't report this in history. They don't report it. During the American War for Independence, there were preachers who stood in the pulpit, and they used to always, all of them wore these long robes. Am I glad those days are over? whether they're a Baptist or Methodist, they often wore these long robes. There would be preachers who would get up and they would preach about the power of God. They would preach about the virtue of God. When they would get to a certain point in their message, they would take the robe off and underneath that was the military uniform of what they had for a continental army in that day. That's not reported. Well, we need to get back to, folks, we lose the church in America, we lose America. We make church this thing we can do with or without. Sooner or later, we'll do without it. Praise God for what he's done in the past, and he's used some people, but God's not done using people. God wants to use some people today in his local church. Praise God for his work in history. That some Christians today be not ashamed that they are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, praise be to God for the future. Oh, but the future, we don't know what's going to happen in the next election. That's not the future I'm talking about, people. Get your mind on a bigger future. woo There's something bigger than that. We don't, I don't know what holds, I don't know what, has in the future, but I know, I know who holds tomorrow. We're pilgrims. America and much of its founding through the work of ones we call pilgrims years ago, but not pilgrims in that sense, pilgrims in this. Folks, we're just passing through this life. Like Abraham looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. A heavenly mindset. Do you wake up every day thinking this could be the day that the trumpet will sound? That might change your outlook a little bit. Praise God for the future. We're pilgrims. One day that trumpet will sound. One day we'll be called, I love this word, home. Tribute Quartet was here several months ago. It was the number one song All of last year, they sang it here. It was so much more meaningful hearing it live than it was I've heard it on the radio and such. Some call it heaven. Some call it whatever you will. But the writer who also sang it here said, I call it home. Tonight, after a long day of ministry and service, you, like I, will go to a place called home. At my home, there'll be a cat out in the front yard that wants nothing to do with me. And that's okay, because I don't want anything to do with him either. But some of you know his name already. There'll be a dog. And when I get home, no matter what anybody says or does, here comes Fred. Fred. And it's just Fred and Joel for a moment. I'll go home and I'll have a snack and I'll enjoy that. Oh, I'm just, I'm, just, you get, I'm just trying to talk with you today. That this earthly home is, I hope, a small picture of what our heavenly home will be like one day. When we go home forever and there will be no more night, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sickness, no more disease. Forever will be with the Lord. Praise be to God in history and for history. Praise be to God for the future. But now, how to praise God today? Maybe you'd write these four things down as we consider praising God for who He is, for His power, for His goodness, for His blessings. How to praise God today. Number one, I plead with you as a preacher of the gospel, stay true. Stay true, Christian. Now is not the day to compromise. Now is not the day to turn back. Now is not the day to give in, and now is not the day to give up. Stay true. Secondly, stand. Stand in truth, and stand in love, and stand for right. Third, serve. Serve. Serve God and others. Stay true, stand, serve, and seek. Seek God and seek others. Several weeks ago, I gave us, about three weeks ago now, I preached a message and I said it's more than just points of a message It's what I long for and desire for to be the real mission of this church. Three simple things. There's a lot involved with each one. But to keep as a focus, one, love God supremely above anyone and anything else. Two, reach others. Reach out to the lost. Reach in within the church and serve. Number three, grow in Christ. Love God, reach others, grow in Christ. Seek God's purpose, God's will and way in your life today. There's one other that starts with the letter S, and it's for those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior be saved. If you today have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are lost in your sins and you must, as the Bible says, be born again. That means you must come to God for the forgiveness of your sins based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross who died, shed his blood, was buried, and rose again victorious for you and me. I made that decision over 30 years ago. Others in this room much longer than me and some just in the last week have come to know Jesus Christ. No matter when it was, you're just as saved as anybody else in this room. But if that's not you, you're just as lost as anyone you've ever met without Christ. Come to Him today. Stand together with